Life is an epic journey. Live it unleashed. Hey, fellow journeyers, Jeremy here. Welcome back to the Living Unleashed podcast. You know, life is an epic journey, and we want to live it unleashed. God offers us a passionate life. It's a life that is defined by hope, filled with joy, marked by peace, and walks in freedom. So here at the Living Unleashed podcast, we are intentionally shaping our lives that we might live life unleashed. And we're doing that this season of the Living Unleashed podcast by journeying with Luke. And we've been going through Luke and Acts, and today we are in Acts chapter 10. I'm so glad that you've chosen to uh, start your new week here with uh, the Living Unleashed podcast as we continue on this journey together, uh, seeing how God works in our lives and how the Holy Spirit works and uh, how we can live this life unleashed. And it's just an amazing journey. So glad you're with us. Tell a friend and uh, share this journey with them because the more of us that are journeying together, the uh, deeper uh, this journey becomes. So uh, so glad you're here. Let's jump right in. All right, so there is this um, account that happens in Acts chapter 10 between Peter, the Apostle Peter, and a person named Cornelius. Now, Cornelius was a Roman centurion, uh, and he was uh, part of what was known as the Italian Regiment. Uh, Cornelius was a Gentile, he was not a Jew, um, and he, uh, but he was what they called a God-fearer. In other words, um, he did, he and his family worshipped the God of the Jews. Uh, and, and so he, he, this was um, the beliefs he had taken on, and he sees a vision. And in this vision, God tells him to uh, go and call on Simon Peter, tells him where he's at. They stand at Simon the Tanner's down by the sea. Have him come. Go to Joppa and have him come and talk to you. Now, based on Peter's Jewish upbringing, this is something he wouldn't have readily done. So God talks to Peter in a vision, and where he sees a great sheet lowered down from heaven filled with all sorts of animals, and he's told to kill and eat. Um, but these are animals that typically, under the Jewish law, were seen as unclean. And so he's like, oh, no way, Lord, I'm not going to do that. I've never eaten anything unclean. Well, God tells him, you know, but don't declare unclean what I've declared clean. And uh, so he, he, he uh, sure enough, um, when he comes out of the, the vision, um, here are the, the uh, messengers from Cornelius at his door, and they take him, and he goes and he tells Cornelius and his entire household about Jesus. Now, what I want us to think about today, uh, as I was reading through this and, and reflecting on it, was how God was working on both ends to get this encounter to take place. We have two people here who otherwise would not have encountered one another, uh, more than likely, in the normal um, flow of events. But God speaks to both of them and nudges them to engage in an activity that brings them both together. So Cornelius sends for Peter, and Peter responds positively because of the vision he has. And, and so Cornel, uh, Peter ends up in Cornelius' household and sharing the good news. And it's just marvelous how God worked on both ends of that at the same time. Now, for this to work, Cornelius had to trust that God was at work, that when God said, send messengers, go get, go get Simon Peter, he had to trust that 
Simon was going to respond positively. When Simon goes to Cornelius' house, he has to trust God that this is the right thing to do because this goes against what he thought was right uh, from his years of upbringing as God is revealing this new covenant in Christ. And, and so he had to trust that Cornelius and his household were going to be receptive to the message he was bringing. And uh, they both respond, and this beautiful things ha- thing happens. Now, what this got me to thinking about was how many times in my life has God prompted me through his Holy Spirit to do something, to say something to someone, to share something, to do something? And how many times have I brushed that off for one reason or another? Perhaps it was because I didn't think I had time. Perhaps it was because it made me uncomfortable, it stretched my comfort zones. Perhaps it was because I was afraid of what the other person would think, that I might offend them or they might laugh at me. Um, that they might reject me. And and I think through my life, and there's more times than I care to want to have to admit that I've probably ignored the prompting of the Holy Spirit to do something. But what this narrative account reminds us of is that God was at work on both ends. And what that makes me wonder is how many of those times when God prompted me a particular direction that I hesitated and didn't, was there somebody on the other end that God had already been preparing And then all of a sudden, I wasn't there because I didn't trust, because I didn't respond, because I didn't act. And I wonder how many times if if we would just simply trust when the Holy Spirit gives us that nudging to do something, whether it's as simple as, you know, going over and checking on a neighbor or, 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 you know, taking a plate of food or some baked goods to somebody or whether it's stopping by a friend's house because we feel this nudging that maybe maybe they need something. We don't know why we're stopping by, but we're stopping by because it seems like God was prompting us to drop in. And maybe that's just that moment that friend needed something. Or maybe we've been witnessing something in a friend's life that we feel we just need to share with them that we want to help them. That we, we Either we see their hurt or we see them going down a path of, of destruction. The Holy Spirit's been prompting us to talk to them about that. And We've hesitated because we don't want to seem judgmental or we don't want to offend them. But perhaps doing so in love, not in a spirit of judgment, but in love to help them. Maybe maybe they've been praying that somebody would come along and help them. Maybe God's been preparing their heart to receive that word that you've said. You see what I'm saying is that when we see feel that Holy Spirit nudge, we need to respond because we don't know what God's doing on the other end. When Cornelius sent his messengers, he didn't know that God was giving Peter a vision. When God gave Peter the vision, he didn't know that God had prepared Cornelius for Peter to come and say what he was going to say. And so we have to trust when we feel those nudges that God isn't just working in our heart, but he's working on the other end as well. He's working there so that the other, the, the other person or persons will experience God's grace and love because we acted. Maybe we're an answer to their prayer. Maybe they've been praying and God's prompting us to be an answer to that prayer. And when we go do whatever it is God is prompting us to do, we actually help that person see that God answers prayer. Is it possible that maybe they think God's not answering prayer when really it's not about God not answering prayer. It's about me not being faithful to what God's prompting me to do. 
And so God's had to move on down the list to somebody else because I didn't say yes. And see, I believe when God is prompting us to do that, he's prompting us because we're the best person to do it. No one else could speak into that other person's life the way we could. And if we say no, or if we don't respond, God's got to move on to someone else who, well, maybe isn't the best person to do it because you were the best person. I was the best person to do that, you see. So we want to be open and responsive to this prompting of God because we have to trust that God's not only working in us, but he's working in the entire situation to bring it together in a beautiful way and that we're just a part of that. We're just one piece of that. But it is up to us to faithfully say yes, to faithfully say yes so that we can be a witness to others and to do so in love, to, to be that person who, who responds positively to God. And when we do, then that the other person can be blessed. And not in just an, oh, it was nice of my neighbor to bring me some cookies kind of a way, but in a way, wow, I was really, really having a rough day. And that simple act of kindness that God prompted, God prompted them to do really touched my soul in a, in a, in a very deep and, and special way. And see, we don't ever know that those things that we think are just such simple acts are going to have kingdom-sized uh, consequences because God is in the mix. The Holy Spirit's working, and he's working on that other end, and we want to be a part of that. So I'm going to invite you today to be very sensitive to what God might be prompting you to do and just kind of be wild and crazy. Just say yes, okay? Just do it. Just say yes and see what happens. See how it is that God might use you. And the more open you become to that, the more you say yes, the more you're looking, God, how would you use me? God's going to find awesome and amazing ways to use you to touch other people's lives because you say yes to him and you do it. You're willing to take a wild chance because God's in control and God's got this thing. So I'm just going to go for it, try it and trust that God's going to work it out because that's what God does. And that's what he's calling me to do. So I'm going to do it. So I'm going to invite you to do that. Just be wild and crazy today. Just say yes to God. Just say yes to whatever the Holy Spirit prompts you to do. Just say yes. See what happens. And I bet you'll find that some amazing things can take place. And what you'll be demonstrating to others is that you are living unleashed. Hey, I hope you have a great day. Keep on living unleashed as you go through this day. And I'll see you back tomorrow as we jump into Acts chapter 11.